Hello, and welcome to yet another episode of Anarchist Weapons Wednesday. I am, as always, your incredibly not humble host for the show, The Inked Anarchist. And we have got an interesting show for you tonight. Uh, Evers wants to make Wisconsin a Midwestern version of California, Sheila Jackson Lee proves that no, she definitely has not gotten any smarter than you remember her before. Uh, I correct a stupid thing that the FUDs keep saying again. And our very, very special Florida couple of the week. Let's do this. All right, so first, being a Scani, or I guess Wisconsinite, if you're so inclined, I have to address our state's tyrant-in-chief, Tony Evers. Or, as I like to call him, Tony the Tyrant. Oppression, it's great. Like that, that was my OC. I appreciate it. Anyway, first of all, this would-be Stalin uh, wants to, as Trump so famously said, take the guns first and due process. Second, um, he also wants to push for mandatory gun buybacks, buybacks, uh, and he wants to criminalize private transfers, something that occurs by the hundreds, if not thousands, daily across the state and the country. On September 19th, Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers, Attorney General Josh Cowell, and Representative Melissa Sargent, uh, who's obviously a Democrat. Oh, and Senator Lena Taylor, also a state Democrat, uh, held a press conference calling on the legislature to viol violate the 
Second Amendment pretty blatantly by one, allowing confiscation of firearms without due process, and two, criminalizing private transfers. If the legislature doesn't act quickly to comply with these demands, Governor Evers threatened to push for a special session. More on that momentarily. Fortunately, for those of us who value our weapons, uh, Second Amendment sort of defenders like Senate Majority Leader Scott Fitzgerald pictured it right here, and Assembly Speaker Robin Voss, the guy on the left, uh, had the integrity enough to highlight the governor's true intentions, saying, uh, quote, Today, in a partial answer to a reporter's question, Governor Envers revealed Democrats' real agenda, taking away firearms that are lawfully owned, which is just unacceptable. Wisconsin laws already say if you're a felon, you lose your right to own a gun. With Governor Evers considering confiscating firearms from law-abiding citizens, it shows just how radical Democrats really have become. Now, I do want to point out it's not just Democrats, obviously, nationwide, but at this point, right now we're talking about Wisconsin, and in Wisconsin, this is, in fact, kind of the case. Um, as my viewers should already know, unless you haven't been paying any attention, in which case, why are you listening to my show? Uh, most so-called extreme risk protection order laws, the kind of scheme that Governor Evers would like to impose, seek to confiscate firearms while suspending your Second Amendment rights and your Fourth Amendment rights. And you're like, what, Sixth Amendment rights too? This is why lawful gun owners who would otherwise defend themselves are often excluded from the very hearings where gun grabbing is ordered. Uh, if Governor Evers gets his way, every Wisconsin citizen would be vulnerable to such orders, which do not rest upon a criminal conviction or adjudication of dangerous mental illness. Under Governor Evers, Governor Evers' approach, if I can speak correctly, your Second Amendment rights would be usurped by even uncorroborated third-party allegations. Similar flaws also permeate the governor's effort to criminalize private transfers. Contrary to the Second Amendment, the governor wants to force law-abiding citizens to obtain the government's permission at their own expense before transferring firearms. This even includes gifts or trades between family members and close friends, which is, I have to say, completely unbelievable. Laws that insert the government between the Second Amendment and lawful transactions and moral transactions, ultimately, are fundamentally illogical and even ignoring the anarchist view that the government should have nothing to do with person-to-person -person commerce, they're against the Constitution. Uh, existing studies of these laws, even when conducted by anti-gun researchers, confirm that such laws are completely ineffective at reducing homicides or suicides by firearm. Uh, criminals who are already pro prohibited from possessing firearms and who already illegally obtain firearms through unlawful method methods, such as theft or straw purchases, will not be deterred by one more law. And don't be fooled, because such schemes are ultimately unenforceable without a firearm registry, and they are the precursor to the registry 
itself. But that's not all. Remember I said we were going to go ahead and cover that whole special session thing. Right? Wherever is threatened that if Republicans didn't help him with his gun grabbing, that he was going to call for a special session of the state legislature. And uh, that is what is apparently about to happen, according to Evers. Uh, the governor of the state of Wisconsin says that we should soon expect the state legislature to address the issues of gun control, whether anyone likes it or not. Governor Tony Evers went on one-on-one on WTMJ's, uh, or with WTMJ's John Mercure during WTMJ 2020. Uh, in their discussion, Evers spoke of what he says is expected to come. Quote, we will have a special session, said the governor. I'm convinced we will be making that announcement within a week, maybe two weeks. So he's blatantly saying that regardless of whether or not the legislature during normal legislative process is going to do what he wants, he will figure out a way to force it through. Because remember, when special sessions are called very frequently, the opposition isn't informed properly. Very frequently, things get just kind of subtly shoved through. So his translation of what he's saying is we're going to be very quietly slipping things through while everyone is looking the other way because we know what's going to happen if we don't. Well, I got some news for you, Great White Mal. The same thing is going to happen even if you try to do this subtly. You sneaky little fucking tyrant. Oh, did I mention he also vocally supports the, uh, an AWB in Wisconsin, too, because he really wants to turn us into Midwestern Wisconsin? Yeah, he does that, too. So I just want to say hashtag Boogaloo Boys. And now we go to potentially the least intelligent person to ever sit in Congress Sheila Jackson Lee has decided to open her mouth and let even more stupid fall out of it. Sheila Jackson Lee has claimed that an AR-15 fires a 50 caliber round and weighs as much as 10 moving boxes. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Good Lord. Democratic Texas Representative Sheila Jackson Lee claimed that an AR-15 fired a 50 caliber round and weighed more, sorry, more than 10 moving boxes. Which is, I gotta say, pretty absurd, but all right, all right, let's... Let's hear this. So in a video that Nicholas Balassi posted on YouTube last week, Jackson Lee claimed that Democrats were going to have to do more than just push stricter gun control measures in the House. Uh, Jackson Lee asserted that she had held an AR-15 and the experience shook her. Quote, I've held an AR-15 in my hand. I wish I had it. It's as heavy. I, I wish I hadn't. Sorry. 
Uh, it's as heavy as 10 boxes that you might be moving, and the bullet that is utilized, a 50 caliber, these kinds of bullets need to be licensed and do not need to be on the street, she explained. I can see why she might be confused about the round that an AR-15 fires in a 50 caliber, because as you can see, they look so similar. Critics, obviously, immediately took issue with Jackson Lee's claims, um, stating things such as, Oh, good heavens, my pictures are not queued up. Who's in charge of this shit show? Oh, it's me. Give me a second, and I will tell you some of the beautiful tweets that were out there. At least I hope I will... Oh, do I not have them? I may not have them. Hold on. I know I got them somewhere. We doing this. We doing this. This is why we do this live, right? Because otherwise you'd never know that I'm a human being because I'm so perfect. <laughs> They're wise. Oh. Oh, my. I may have done goofed with my uh, my graphics. Uh-oh. Andrew, you dumb, dumb son of a bitch. What have you done to yourself? You look like an idiot! Okay. Well, apparently... Oh, might help if I'm looking at uh, the right stuff here. Ah. Uh, quote... These are the people who want to legislate. Who want to legislate firearms? They know nothing to say. The ignorance is astounding and terrifying. Is an understatement. Is it ignorance or is it malevolence? I have a hard time believing someone who writes laws could be this misinformed, unreal. Uh, also, for my non-gun peeps, claiming an AR-15 shoots a 50 caliber bullet is as asinine as saying that your car runs on orange juice. Also, an AR-15 generally weighs somewhere between seven and nine pounds. So, if ten of your moving boxes weigh nine pounds. You're probably underpacking. Um, again, another one that also pointed out that, you know, it's so easy to confuse the two because the rounds look so similar. Um, we also have uh, this lovely one. The um, how heavy it is an AR-15? Sheila Jackson Lee. The this it's it's this heavy. Yeah. OK. Um yeah. So again, you these are the people. These are the people that we're dealing with. These are the people that we're up against when it comes to gun when it comes to the gun grabbers here. And you know, I mean I maybe maybe she what she actually held was an M eighty two A one. And she's just really, really easily confused. Because, I mean, after all, that M82 and that AR-15, they are so very, very similar, aren't they? I mean, who, who could ever have been able to tell the difference? Good Lord. 
But I mean, that's that's best case scenario. I mean, an M82 doesn't even weigh that much, if if I'm honest. Or an M107. Um, what other what other big fifties are out there? It, 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 no matter what, which way you slice this, the woman is an imbecile. Uh, while an AR-15, which, again, weighs between 7 and 9 pounds, can technically be custom-built to accommodate a 50. Not 50 BMG, but, you know, 50 Beowulf. Um, the standard fire is obviously a 5.56, which is also known as a 2.23 Remington, more or less. Let's not get pedantic here, and I know somebody's going to, and don't whine at me, all right? They're basically the same round, more or less. A 5.56, yes, has a little more oomph behind it, but it's still a 22, all right? It's a, it's a 22 round, and to pretend that these two are the same is just beyond asinine. Uh, I just... She's. I is Congress. Yeah. And she's certainly not the not the only one who's stupid about guns, but the fact that people like that are the ones who are legislating right now. It just it 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 really does boggle my mind. But next, I need to make a clarification on some things that I'm hearing from a bunch of FUDs. Um, so, I want to just tell you, no, the ATF did not hand you back your bump stocks. Last week, there was some buzz over the bumpiest stocks of them all. You've no doubt seen headlines that the ATF admitted it lacked the authority to ban bump stocks by slipping them into the NFA. While it's absolutely true that the rulemaking was illegal, it's unfortunately not true that the ATF admitted that. I absolutely hate to harsh a good buzz here, but it's important to cut down to the truth. The articles centered around this issue link back to a press release on NCLA's ongoing and very well done bump stock litigation titled ATF admits it lacked authority to issue legislative rule NCLA condemns the agency's attempt to ban bump stocks anyway. I believe the source of this confusion is a mix of the confusing way most lawyers speak and a general unwillingness to read past an article's headline before reposting it. I'm looking at you, people. I'm looking at you. The press release made no claim that the ATF actually admitted a total lack of authority to issue the bump stock rule, but rather that ATF admitted it lacked authority to engage in, quote, legislative rulemaking. In the ATF's own meandering, directionless, and let's be honest, painful to read 88-page filing, the ATF does indeed admit that the NFA does not, quote, appear to provide the Attorney General the authority to engage in gap-filling interpretations of what qualifies as a machine gun. So there you go, right? The ATF just admitted it can't engage in legislative rulemaking. Well, minor detail, that admission comes after the ATF spent previous pages upon pages explaining why, in their view, the rulemaking was interpretive and not legislative. 
In fact, right after that admission, the ATF continues that, quote, Congress has provided a detailed definition of the term machine gun. Basically, the ATF's absurd argument is that the statute's best interpretation includes bump stocks, and thus is not ambiguous, and thus there is no gap to fill, and no need to engage in Chevron deference. NCLA's view, which I agree with, is the opposite. That this is a legislative rulemaking, and the ATF, in banning bump stocks, did something beyond the wording of the statute, akin to creating a new law. So yes, the ATF's admission that it can't wholesale write new laws is helpful. The only issue is that the ATF's entire argument is predicated on the rulemaking being anything but that. So it is in no way the ATF ceding it has a lack of authority. In short, the ATF is saying we can't do X. What we did was Y. While NCLA and many lawyers, including uh, lawyers for the FPC and others, are arguing that what they did was in fact X. If that makes any sense. And I'm sure I made that as clear as mud. And if you actually go back and read the source material I'm referencing here, it's going to be even less clear than that. Just fair warning. None of it makes any sense at all because lawyers can't speak English. At least not plain English. It's like something <laughs> that they learn in school. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy in the comments, it's like being operated on against my will by someone who failed human anatomy. And yeah, uh, that's pretty much how the ATF and, and government work when it comes to firearms. I mean, it really, really is, which I realize is shocking. When it comes to government, I mean, you'd think for sure they, they know what they're talking about, right? <laughs> I can't even say that with a straight face I really can't I wish I could but now now we come to the moment that everyone's been waiting for I know I know it's your favorite moment it's my favorite moment it's everyone's favorite moment of the show we come to our Florida man of the week. Well, Florida couple. Couple, I can't do it. Of the week. And it's, uh, it's a wild one, man. In Wild Encounter, woman bites testicles of tiger truck, <laughs> tiger truck stop camel to escape, officials say. Yep, that's right. She bit the camel's testicles. So that's upsetting. In, gro 
Is it is it gross TD? Is it really gross TD? Is that how you say the name of that town in Florida? Is it actually gross TD? Please tell me it is. <laughs> gross TD. <laughs> I. Uh, I know. Gross TD. <laughs> I'm perverse. It's it's okay. Anyway, I digress. A Florida woman freed herself from a camel by biting its testicles at the Tiger Trout Stop in Gross Titi. <laughs> Florida last week, after she crawled into the animal's pen to retrieve her dog, and the camel sat on her. Let's marinate on that image momentarily okay the woman's husband had been for literally no discernible reason other than florida truck stop throwing treats to their dog under casper the camel's fence thursday evening before the dog went inside uh the iberville parish sheriff's office said sunday uh after the dog began interacting with the camel who again his name is Casper, and as you can see, Casper is an adorable white camel. Who would have ever named a camel a white camel Casper? I mean, that's super creative. I mean, it's like naming a white cat Snowball. No one ever sees it coming. But anyway, after the dog began interacting with the camel, the couple crawled in to get it. Officials, uh, said that while inside the camel sat on the woman and she bit the animal the animal a male dromedary to get it off of her she said i bit his balls to get him off of me i bit his testicles to get him off of me iberville parish deputy louis hamilton jr said yep bit the camel's balls Mm. The investigation found that the couple had provoked the camel before it sat on the woman. The camel did nothing wrong, Hamilton said. They, meaning the couple, were aggressive. The camel was just doing its normal routine. The truck stop, which is located uh, about 20 minutes outside of Baton Rouge, keeps a camel named Casper and for many years controversially also kept a tiger for visitors to see on site. Hence the name Tiger Truck Stop. I realize that Tiger Truck Stop with a camel seems weird, but they wouldn't let them keep the large carnivorous cat anymore in a small cage outside of a truck stop in Florida. I can't imagine why not. Um, the couple, who weren't identified, very disappointingly, because I really want that woman to forever be known as Camel Breath, uh, stopped at the truck stop to let their dog out. Authorities didn't find reasons to hold the truck stop liable for injuries because the camel was enclosed and signs warning visitors to stay out are posted every 10 feet along the fence. As you can see here, if you're watching the video version, if you're listening to the audio version, you can go ahead and Google it. But there is a no trespassing sign 
stating the violators will be prosecuted. And these are posted on the fence of the freaking camel every 10 feet. And yet, for no discernible reason, these people were unable to figure out that they maybe shouldn't go into the camel enclosure. The quote, the camel has never been aggressive. The camel has never gotten out, never caused any issues. In fact, the husband and wife stated before that we've been here before and we've never had any problems. Hamilton said deputies cited the couple for leash law violation and criminal trespassing. State laws prohibit people from letting their dogs run free on enclosed or unenclosed private property. Uh, the gross TD truck stop has been fending off animal rights activists for years uh, who wanted a tiger that was once caged there removed from the property. That tiger, by the way, did die uh, last year after 17 years in captivity, which actually is most of its life. Um, while that's kind of sad at the same time, screw you. Um, the truck stop also keeps a petting zoo that has a miniature horse, a baby kangaroo, and a quaddy, which is an adorable member of the raccoon family. Go ahead and Google that. They're cute as hell. Uh, Hamilton said he was baffled by the entire incident. I can't imagine why you might be baffled by this whole situation. Uh, <laughs> and by the couple's behavior. Quote, my only question to her husband was, why did you throw the dog treats under the fence? Hamilton explained. And he just said, well, I wasn't thinking. Wow. What a shock again. That you weren't thinking throwing the dog treats into the cage with the camel pamela bosher uh the truck stops manager said the couple should have sought help from employees who were inside the truck stops 24-hour cafe at the time just a few yards from casper's pen instead they crawled under a single strand of barbed wire which is at the bottom of the fence likely hurting themselves and you would think that the barbed wire maybe makes a statement even if the signs that are everywhere you know, don't. But they did. Uh, once inside, Bosher said the man shoved the camel and used his hat to swat at it. That upset the camel, she said. Again, shocked face. Any animal you provoke, they're going to strike back, Bosher said. It's instinct. Camels especially. I don't know if you've ever interacted with a camel, but let me assure you that camels are jerks. They simply are. I don't care how adorable Casper may in fact seem to you. Camels, I assure you, are jerks. Pretty much always, they are jerks. But... Uh, Bosher said in the 30 years that the stop has kept wild animals, including the tiger, it hasn't ever had any attacks on visitors. And this includes Casper, having never assaulted anyone previously. He's really a gentle giant, she said. Poor Casper and his balls. I just, I feel so bad for that poor camel. That... He had his balls bitten by a crazy Florida woman. 
It's bizarre and upsetting that that occurred to that poor camel. I just... Oh... Oh my goodness. You know, I've covered a lot of crazy, a lot of crazy stuff uh, on my Florida man because Florida is, well, it's Florida. But I got to say, this entire story kind of takes the cake. Because think about, so these people who presumably are white trash, let's all be honest, we're all thinking it and I'm just saying it. These white trash people stop at a truck stop. They let their dog out, not on a leash, at a truck stop where there are large moving vehicles all over the place. And you know that this dog is not large. Because people like this who do these things do not have large dogs. It's small, it's yippy, it's probably a Chihuahua or a Boston Terrier. I probably hate it. They then encourage the dog to go into the cage with the camel, which is probably 30 times the size of the dog, even if this is the gentlest animal in the world. If it's that kind of a size difference, there is a risk, and your dog is probably a lot like its owners and not very intelligent. And you let this thing run around and then go, oh crap, the camel is mad, climb into the cage, attack the camel. The camel responds in arguably the gentlest, don't do that I've ever heard of. It simply sat on her. And then in response, you place the camel testicles into your mouth and bite them. This is your response to the camel sitting on you. Now, granted, camels aren't light, probably for what, 400 pounds? Although so is this lady is my guess, but who knows. So I really, I really wish they would identify this couple because this lady needs to be known as camel breath or camel ball breath forever. I mean, you know, somebody needs to come up to her and just be like, Mike, 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 guess what day it is constantly. But that's all I got for you guys on this insane episode. And uh, again, as I always do, I'm going to do some shameless self-promotion. Check out the other podcasts that I am on. Anarchist uh, Weapons Wednesdays is only one part of what I do. The other one, and the one that I am on very regularly, is... Anarchy Among Friends Roundtable Discussion. That is on every other Sunday, sometimes every Sunday if we have special episodes or something we really need to talk about, where we talk about all things anarchy-related, government overstep, insanity of all kinds. We even have a special episode, episode number 69, where we talk about crazy sex laws in the United States. 
We have a special on Julian Assange. We have a few other specials you should definitely check out. If you haven't already, you should also check out my co-host on that show, Derica's book called Think for Yourself, available on Amazon now. It is a workbook on critical thinking and critical thinking skills. If you or someone you know might need some help with that, I highly encourage it. Someone wants to order one and send one to Tony Evers, to uh, Bernie Sanders, so that he can read it while he's in the hospital. That would be freaking awesome. Along with maybe a copy of Hazlitt's Economics in One Lesson, that would be great for a care package for him, I think. Also, uh, make sure to check out the video that I am going to have coming out relatively soon. Uh, regarding the vaping insanity uh, that I'm going to be doing with an expert and political advocate on vaping um, who's just accepted, I guess, a position with a vape advocacy group uh, here in Wisconsin. That video is forthcoming. I don't have a timetable, unfortunately, because I'm still trying to work with him and coordinate and get everything figured out. And he's obviously a busy guy. He's got a vape shop and he's got a political advocacy to do and all sorts of stuff. But that is going to come out soon. I promise we are doing that. It's going to be great. Um, anything else I need to promote? Not at the moment. Uh, if you have not joined the FPC, the Firearms Policy Coalition, Please do so. You'll get a super cool, shiny membership card, a cool patch, a couple of stickers that are pretty awesome, uh, as well as knowing that you are contributing to fighting for your rights. Even though I'm an anarchist, I still, anything I can do to stave off that is awesome. And they're all pretty cool dudes anyway. This episode, I am enjoying an Isla del Sol, which is a sugar-tipped, delicious cigar. If you are into cigars, definitely check them out. I don't want to talk about the beer that I'm having because it's incredibly cheap and not very good. That is all I have for you this evening. You guys stay safe, stay real, laugh to heal. I will see you on Sunday for Anarchy Among Friends. Inked Anarchist out. Tyranny is great!